God's gift. Maybe you had a chance um, over the, the last weekend to go shopping. I went shopping on Black Friday. How many of you go shopping on Black Friday? Anyone, was anyone out in the madness on Black Friday? Wave your hand like you just, you know, you were. Okay, how many would never go out on Black Friday to save your lives? Many, many of you. Okay, well, I actually did go out on Black Friday, uh, but what I bought was doors from Menards because nothing says Black Friday like doors, right? But no, I'm, I'm serious. I, 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 the day before, I was looking through the ads. And I was like, doors are on sale like crazy tomorrow. So I'm going. And so uh, early in the morning, my wife and I got up with my brother-in-law. We drove over to, over to Elk River, and I bought doors. And I waited in line for all that time. The line wrapped around the store. It's okay because I got a great deal on doors, which I needed. And so uh, nothing says Black Friday like doors. Now, if you missed it, maybe you got to shop on Cyber Monday, or you had to shop on Small Business Saturday, or Thirsty Thursday, whatever it might be. Maybe you got to shop, and you, do, you did the things that you're supposed to do, and you're, you're ready. There's nothing that is better than giving the right present on Christmas, right? Looking for that right gift. Now that I'm a dad, I enjoy uh, buying presents for my kids. I enjoy the, the looks on their faces when they open their present. I anticipate that, that morning thing. It's awesome. And there's nothing better than buying a present for someone that they both want and need, right? That's why Lisa's getting a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. No, I'm just kidding around. She really isn't. I'm just totally kidding. No, she's not doing that. That is a joke. Okay, that's not going to happen, uh, because if I did that, I would be in trouble. But they, but they really are the best kind of presents are the ones that, that people want and need. We're talking about those presents, those gifts that God gives this Christmas that we both want and we need. But there are so often, there's so many times that those gifts God gives us at Christmas, those gifts God pours into our lives are things that make our lives better and richer and greater. But there are often times that we put an arm out to God and say, I don't know if I need that. And this morning's gift is one of those kinds of gifts. We're talking today about the gift of forgiveness. We're going to spend our time today in two texts, John chapter 8 and Ephesians chapter 4. So if you would this morning, turn with me to John chapter 8 today. We're going to read through this, uh, this passage starting in verse 2. And it says this, early in the morning he came again to the temple. Now he, of course, is Jesus. He comes early in the morning. For those of you who are early risers like me, you are in good company, right? Jesus was an early riser and so are, so are we. But, but anyway, all the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. So not just, you know, it wasn't just a rumor that it was possible. She was caught. She was busted. Now the law, it says, Moses commands us to stone, each, to stone such women. So they said, what do you say? I, I love it when Jesus has an interaction with a Pharisee. Because there is oftentimes they are trying to trap him. And Jesus gives an absolutely remarkable response time and time again. I love reading about that. And this one is not no difference. They said this to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bends down and writes with his finger in the ground. 
Uh, what does he write? We don't know what he writes, right? We have no idea what he writes. He could have wrote, could have written their sin. He could have written their names. He could have written his favorite cookie recipe. We don't know what he wrote there. But as he continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin be among you to be the first one to throw a stone at her. What a genius response. And once more, he bends down and writes in the ground. But when they had heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there before him. Imagine the scene. Imagine this moment here with me today. Imagine what's happening here. Again, this woman is caught in adultery. And because it's adultery, this is not just some, you know, incident that just affects her. She is probably married. This is adultery, so she has somebody at home. Uh, this is, of course, there's a man involved. And so there's, who knows what his story is. And it's, it's difficult. And this is a many-layered thing. And maybe she's there wrapped in the blanket from her situation. I don't know. But she is there. She's busted. And you know, because of the nature of this, the, the Pharisees trying to trap her, this was not in some faraway corner someplace. Be quiet. They do stuff like this to trap Jesus in front of everybody. So there are people watching this happening. Man, this is a terrible situation that this woman is in. But, listen to me, she is there on her own accord. She did this. She is busted. She is caught. And this, the key issue in the story this morning is how would Jesus respond to a person like this? Well, the answer, of course, is that he forgives. Amen? He, he forgives. Uh, let's just take a minute this morning and say thank you to Jesus because he forgives. That is such a basic truth of life. It is such a basic truth of Christianity that I know that oftentimes we as believers, and I know that happens because I've seen people like this. I myself have been this way sometimes. Where something happens in my life and I forget the fact, the most basic truth, that when God interacts with sinners, he forgives them. Periods. No questions asked. No ifs, ands, or buts. He forgives them. And some people have used this passage, though. They've used this in a way to prove that no one's perfect and we shouldn't judge anybody. But actually, to be honest with you today, that's not the point of this passage whatsoever. The truth this morning is this, is this passage proves something that actually every person is responsible. Every person deserves judgment. Why? Because all of us, if we had been in that person's spot, if we had been standing there that day, we'd have had to drop our rocks just like those Pharisees did, right? All of us have been the woman, and all of us have been the Pharisee. The story relates incredibly well because all of us have been stained by the effects of sin. Here's the deal this morning. Sin at its deeper, deepest level is a violation, Right? And a violation brings with it two things. A violation, when it happens, brings with it consequences and debt. And each one of us have been responsible for this in our lives. Let me illustrate. Let's say for a minute that I decided that I was going to go out 
and take everything that I owned and I was going to put it all on the line and I was going to try my hand at the casino and see if I couldn't double my, my, my money, right? So I'm going to go to the casino, take my, my, my money, I'm going to take my savings, I'm going to take and mortgage my house, I'm going to mortgage my cars, I'm going to mortgage my future, my everything, my retirement, throw it all in there and say, man, one shot, 50-50, who knows what could happen right now. I'm either going to double it all or I'm going to lose it all. Well, you can probably imagine what's going to happen, right? If I, if I, if I win, I'm going to say, well, maybe I can do it again, right? So I'll, put it, I'll let it ride. But chances are it's not going to work. And I'm going to walk out of that casino that day empty-handed. Now the problem, though, just begins. Because I'm going to walk home, and I'm going to be having my hat in my hand, and I'm going to walk into my home, and my wife's going to say, where were you? I'm going to say, well, I was at the casino. And she said, well, what were you doing at the casino? You don't go to the casino. I said, well, I thought maybe I might try to just double everything we had. And she said, you did? And I said, yes. And I, she said, did it work? And I said, of course not. And so, honey, I'm sorry, but we have to pack our bags. Uh, oh, and by the way, we have to find a way, another way because the car also is taken. We have nothing left. It's gone. Now, I would be in trouble, right? Now, that, buying my wife a vacuum cleaner on Christmas would be the worst, the least of my problems, right? If I did something like that, crazy. See, I would be in trouble because I've not only mortgaged myself and my future, I've now mortgaged my wife's future and my family's future. My, the whole, our whole life has been changed and turned around because of my decision and my action. That is what sin does. It's very easy for us sometimes to look at sin as being what somebody else does, how somebody else do- makes decisions, what somebody else does in their own business, their own time. Not me, I wouldn't do that, but sin every time creates a void just like this. Every little one, every big one, every large one, every small one, it affects you and it affects other people around you. It creates this kind of a void. It produces consequences and it produces debt. And the problem with this so often is that when we walk in sin, we have sin, what happens in our lives is things are opened and things are changed. And it's oftentimes no, no doing of our own at all. And because of someone around you has sinned, has sinned against you, against God, whatever it might be, they've opened up the banana and they have taken a bite from the banana, which I'm not going to do because I don't want to talk about that. But I'm going to, the, the, the banana is gone and it's like trying to put it back in the thing again and trying to make it happen again. It doesn't work that way. And now you are handed this banana with the pieces all, all apart and falling apart and you had nothing to do with the action, and now you have to hold on to it yourself. That's the pain and the frustration and the difficulty of when someone sins against us. We know this all too well this morning, don't we? You see, the consequences and debt of sin have become yours too, and that's not fair. And this woman is standing in this position that day. She has opened the banana. She has made a a decision. She has messed up. She is here. She's standing there. She is guilty as charged. It is just as as it said, this is the situation. And God responds to her in a very simple way. In verse 10, he says, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no no one condemned you? She says, no one, Lord. And he says, well, then neither do I condemn you. Now go from here and sin no more. Listen to me this morning, church. This is why forgiveness is so good. Because forgiveness has the power to change. 
in this woman's situation here, forgiveness had the power to change her situation. She could walk away from there a forgiven woman. She walked to Jesus guilty. She walked to Jesus an adulteress. She walked to Jesus in the situation. Now she's there by herself, standing in front of him, and she walks away a different person. That is the power of forgiveness. That's what's so cool about it. And I'm convinced, listen to me this morning, I'm convinced that this is our greatest need in life, to give and to receive forgiveness like God has forgiven us. Listen today, let's open your Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Now, what the writer of this passage is doing here is he's giving us some understanding here on how to live. Don't give the devil an opportunity in your life to mess things up. How? Listen to what he says. He says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. That's good advice. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Your words should be giving grace to people. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then he sums it up. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And listen, be kind to one another. Now, I learned this in the, in the King James. Be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. What he does there is he says, don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give the enemy a place in your life to ruin you. How? He sums it up at the end and says, by walking in forgiveness. By walking as a person who forgives. The same way God forgave you, he released you, you forgive others. When someone wrongs you, when someone does this to you, what this tells us here is the only response, the only truthfully Christian response is to rather than hold on to the banana, to release the banana and let it go, to release and walk away from the offense and forgive. That is the only Christian response when somebody wrongs you. And you're like, that's a hard thing to hear, and you're right. So what I want to do today is I want to lighten the load a little bit, lighten the mood this morning. I'm going to do a little magic trick for you today, and I need my, 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 my guinea, I mean my assistant to come today, if you would, this morning. Brent's going to come up this morning, and he's going to, he's going to do a little thing, because what I'm going to do is I'm not just going to do this trick for you. I am going to explain how to do this trick and then I'm going to see how good I am at giving instructions and how good Brent is at listening to instructions today. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this back-to-back. Back. And he has all the things over here that I need. And so, Brent, what I want you to do before anything today is I want you to take off of that, uh, that tray there the, uh, the, 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 yellow, the yellow bandana this morning. Okay, so pull that off. Take off the yellow bandana today, if you would. And place that in your hand above your clenched fist. Yellow bandana. All right, you got that yellow bandana. You got it, man? 
Okay, good. All right. Okay, excellent. Okay. What you're going to do now is you're going to take the yellow bandana and you are going to, uh, you're going to open the, it up and you're going to let it sit. So all the sides are open over your, 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 your clenched fist. Okay. So open the whole thing up. Let it clench. You know, let it open up there. So you got to have the thing going on. So, it, it, and so hopefully this bandana, this bandana is open now. Is it open? You good? Almost. Okay. Don't tell when you're open. That's pretty weird. It takes that long. So now what you're going to do is you take your, your thumb and you're going to shove your thumb down the middle of your, your finger, and you're going to shove that band, yellow bandana all the way down into your clenched fist, okay? So that's what you're going to do. You got, you got, make sense? Okay, what? Just, 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 all, dude, it's pretty simple. Just, just take the yellow bandana and, and clench it down into your clenched fist. That's all you got to do. All right, so, so put it all the way down so you can't see it any, as good as possible anymore. Just go ahead and put that down. So what's going to happen? You got, you got that? Okay, so what's going to happen here is you're going to pull out the bottom of that bandana, out the bottom of your hand. It's going to change colors, right? I mean, this is pretty amazing. So you're ready for this. Are you ready for this? So, okay, so we're going to do say, ready? Everybody count to three. One, two, three. Pull that thing out there. See, it's green. There we go. Pretty cool, huh? All right. Dude, what in the world did you do? You were supposed to pull out a green bandana. How did this happen? You weren't paying attention. Okay, so, so now what happened now is you made a mess of things, didn't you? I did. All right, thanks a lot, Brent. Appreciate it. Give it again for Brent this morning. Even though he messed that thing up royally, he messed it up royally. But no, the truth this morning is this, is that, see, when we don't pay attention to God's clear instruction, what happens is we make a mess of ourselves. And again, what happens so oftentimes in situations like this, we think, well, I, I, I know better. I, I know how this works. I know how things happen. I know how things occur. I, I, I get it. I, I understand. Oh, sure, I'm, I'm supposed to forgive. I'm sure. Well, yes, but when this happens, I'm not sure that I can. Or when this happens, I'm not sure that I will. Or I will forgive and I will move on. I will do all those things. But, God, I'm not sure I can do it right here in this spot. I'm not sure how or not sure if I will or I won't. And so what happens is God has given us clear direction. We don't walk in obedience to his word. We find ourselves making a mess of our lives. Listen this morning. I have, I have run into many people in my life who seem to always struggle. And I've asked myself before, why? What happens? What, what's, the dish, what's the deal? They're, 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 they're always sick. They're always struggling. There's always this difficult, terrible spot, and I don't understand. But, man, so often what I find in their lives, now not always, but so often what I find in their lives is there is some sort of unfettered, unforgiven issue in their past that they've not let God take a hold of yet, and they're walking in unforgiveness. Listen to me today, church. This is a big deal this morning. So why do we struggle with this? Why is it so hard? I want to share a few things this morning. The first one is pride. You did this to me and now you owe me. If you've ever thought that before or said that before, you might be in good, good company because all of us have at some point. Man, you, you, you did this to me. You owe me. This is wrong. What you did to me is wrong. And you're going to pay for this situation. And I'm going to make you pay. And you've thought that before. Again, if you have, you're not alone. This is the natural human condition. Our nation is full of people who are trying to, who are walking around. They are bitter. They are upset. They are angry. They are walking around. They are trying to get paid back because they are angry. They are hurt. 
And they are triggered. He's this morning, here's the problem. Nothing will ever be enough to pay you back. What you've lost, what you, what's, been, what's gone, it won't be enough to pay you back. So the antidote this morning is drop the pride and learn the blessing of quick forgiveness. Number two today is you feel stuck. It's not possible to get past the wrong. And all that you do is think about what happened. Think about how this person or how the situation wronged you. Maybe it's even God. And God, you feel, has, has wronged you. And everyone else you're okay with. Everybody else you're fine with. But for some reason, God did this or God did that to you. And your whole life revolves around thinking about what happened in your past. Maybe even more difficult, the person that you can't forgive is yourself. You put a face on that's smiling. You put a face on that looks good, and no one knows what's going on in your heart, but you know what you did. You know what's going on. You know your past. You know the situation, and you can't get past this thing. You're stuck. You're stuck, and and people live their their entire lives in in this past offense, and the antidote this morning is learn how to listen and 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 let somebody else be involved in helping you move on again. Number two is stuck. Number three is you can't see out of the hole. When someone's in this spot, they feel themselves in this place where they, all they see is this offense. All they see is this problem. All they see is what, what happened. And again, they look back and evaluate and they say, why me? Why did this happen? What happened? Why, why did this go on? What happened? And there's a very simple reason as to why this happened to you. And the reason is this, because you live in a fallen world. You live in a world that is tainted with the effects of sin. And I will promise you this morning that, that the truth of that is this, is that because there are, there are sinful things that happen in the world, you are affected, but so is other people when they sin against people. It is a, it is a big deal thing that happens. You live in a fallen world, and in a fallen world, there are problems, and there are casualties, and good people suffer sometimes. Like, well, why? It's not fair. How does that work out? God, what is happening to me? Why does this go on the way that this is? Church, the truth is that when God, God can take a wrong and God can turn that wrong around and make it right. God has this amazing way to take a wrong and turn it around and make it right. Church, this morning, I want to encourage you to change your perspective and refuse to see yourself as the one who has to vindicate and understand God is just and God is the one who does this better. Than anybody else. I want to further talk about this for a minute because what happens so often is we we'll walk ourselves in this place where we are we are we find that we are broken, we find that we have not forgiven. And what happens is as Hebrews talks about, there is this 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 bitter root, this root of bitterness that, that, that grows down deeply inside of us. And what happens is somebody somewhere on the line plants a seed of something in our lives or in our hearts. It, it's there, it takes seed, we hold on to it, and it grows. And our thoughts and our times and our efforts, all these things seem to only water this seed and make the seed grow and get stronger and get bigger. Before we know it, the seed has taken down into a a root and the root takes root and it grows deeper and grows bigger and grows stronger. And it comes to a point where it becomes so difficult and so hard to pull that root out of our lives. The Bible talks about that as being a root of bitterness. In the church, church today, God is with you on this. And see, if we, if we don't learn to pull it up quickly, it takes root. It gets much harder to pull this thing out as time goes on. Don't let yourself get to the point where you can't see out of the hole. 
And last, you might say, well, I can't forget. If forgiveness is forgetting, I can't forget. I'll never be able to forget. See, but you have to understand today, church, that forgiveness is not forgetfulness. Forgiveness is releasing. You have to know this morning that if you're looking to, 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 to forgive and to forget, you're going to look for a long time. You say, well, I can't forget. And the truth is, you can't, and you probably won't. The point today is not to forget. The point today is to release, to let it go, to let that person go, to stop drinking the poison of unforgiveness and expecting someone else to die from it. It's not hurting them. It's hurting you. Church, you can be free. As I close this morning in this, forgiveness really is such an incredible gift to God. As the band comes forward today, back to verse 8, there stood this woman. She's guilty. She is stuck. She has done it. It's her fault. She's messed up. She stands there with Jesus. She stands there on this point, this spot, and we've talked about it already, but there she sits, there she stands, there she is. And Jesus says, where are your accusers? And she, of course, answers, they're gone. And Jesus says, neither then do I condemn you. And listen to me, church, this morning. That is the essence of Christianity. That's why this is such a gift. It's a gift to walk in forgiveness. It's a gift to receive the forgiveness that God gives. Because the word tells us that God does not condemn. John 3, 17 says, which is often lost because it precedes, precedes it as John 3, 16, so well, well known. But John 3, 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that through him the world might be saved. Listen today, church. Forgiveness is a gift because God did it first. And you might find yourself this morning as the woman. You might find yourself this morning as the Pharisees. You might find yourself this morning in some other situation or place today. But church this morning, listen to me. Forgiveness is not just a burden you have to bear. Forgiveness is a gift that God has given you to walk in. Would you stand up this morning all across this room as the band comes forward today? Would you stand up today? you close your eyes this morning today? Because we're going to let God just minister and work in our hearts and our lives this morning. Forgiveness is a gift that fundamentally and miraculously changes your life. When Jesus here tells this woman, he says, now go and sin no more. See, this is the beauty and this is the challenge of forgiveness. Because forgiveness really doesn't mean a lot if there's not change afterwards. Forgiveness doesn't mean a lot if there hasn't been something that continues. Because what happens is if we don't change the action, we don't change the direction, what happens is we find ourselves going right back again in the situation. We find ourselves going right back again in the, into the spot and then time and time and time and time and time again. We find ourselves in a place where we are broken and we are ruined and we are destroyed because we've not learned the power of forgiveness to release us from what was in the past. You, you have to know this morning, as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed today, you have to know this morning that sin is a destructive mechanism. If you find yourself in the place where you need to extend forgiveness... Your first stop is not to try to learn how to forgive. Your first stop is not to say, okay, i got to forgive now. I'm going to grit my teeth and try really hard. 
Because this passage here says this, in the same way that Christ forgave, you forgave. If you find yourself in a place where you have to forgive, your first stop is always at the foot of the cross. And I've found so many times in my own life, and I go through times like this all the time, where I have to forgive somebody. Some things are big, some are small, some are no big deal, some are huge deals. I'll be honest with you, there's been times when I've tried to forgive somebody, and my first response has been, oh, I gotta try it hard, and I gotta forgive, and I gotta try to do this, and I try and I fail, I hold on, and it comes back to me, whatever it might be, because your first stop to forgiveness is always at the foot of the cross. When Jesus says that he forgives, he forgives. He's taught you how to forgive. Because some of us, we, we hold on to these offenses and things because we don't really trust that God it can justly deal with the situation. Or we're afraid and we say, well, what if this person is forgiven? Then what does that do to me? I've been wronged, I've been robbed, I've been stolen, and now they're going to get off scot-free. It's not fair. It's not right. Again, what happens so often is this person may have moved on for many years, and you are still stuck in the, sin, in the, in the jail and the, and, and the brokenness of that offense because you allowed this to continue to stay in your life. And you just need to walk away and to let it go. And that's pretty hard unless your first stop is the foot of the cross. Jesus, I forgive. And I know, Lord, that I will, be, I, will, I will have a hard time with this at first. But I believe your word. I believe your truth above every, everything else. When you give instruction to forgive, when you give instruction that that's how I can hold off the effects of the enemy is I need to walk in forgiveness. If you say it, I believe it. I don't know how I will. But Jesus, I release and I forgive. Your first stop is at the foot of the cross. You might, you're selling yourself this morning as well in the other spot today. You need forgiveness. Your first stop is at the foot of the cross. Again, this word is so clear and so true this morning. We have a God who forgives. The gift that he gives. Man, I've run into people in my life and my ministry who have said, Pastor, I know I need to forgive, but it's just too hard. And this forgiveness word feels like a burden and not a gift to them. It's not a burden. It's a gift God gives. He'll walk you through this. But you need forgiveness this morning. Your first stop is at the foot of the cross. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You might be here this morning. You might say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus ever. I feel today like I want to because I know what I've done. I know who I am. I know the person that I have become. And it's not good. It's not right. And I'm sorry for this. Who can forgive me? The, real, the reality is, is that Jesus can. Christians, would you pray this morning across this room? If you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, 
You've never asked him to forgive you of your sin. You're like, I'm not, I'm not a bad person. You're not, maybe not a bad person. But you've been wrong. You've done things you shouldn't do. You've said things you shouldn't say. You've affected others in those ways. You've affected yourself in those ways. You're guilty and you know it. Like, that's a hard word. Well, yeah, it's hard if it wasn't for the, the second part of this. Sin is hard if it's not given the opportunity for forgiveness. And Jesus does that. If that's you this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed, I would ask you to raise your hand this morning. No one's looking around. Just say, that's me, Pastor. I, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe this is a rededication. You're like, I, I've, I've, I've fallen away, and I need to give my heart to him one more time. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. We're going to pray in just a moment. We're all going to pray. If your, your hand is raised, there's hands around this room going up. If there's anyone else this morning, I'm going to give you a few more moments. We're going to pray. Jesus, minister in heart and lives this morning. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Jesus, I love you. I praise you. I'm sorry for my past. Would you forgive me? Would you clean me up? Would you turn me around? From this point forward, I'm yours. Take my life and make it something great. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, give God some glory today, church. Is there are those who come to know Jesus? Heads bowed, eyes closed again this morning. I got the prayer team come forward today. We're going to have a chance to pray with you this morning, but you might be here. This is a pretty solemn moment because this is a difficult thing to walk through. I'm no, I'm no dummy. I know that there are people here this morning who are listening to this message and who are saying, sounds good, sounds great, but I don't think I can do it. Says, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 5 days ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You don't know what happened to me, Pastor. And the, the truth is, is I don't. You're right. But what I do know is this, is that that unforgiveness, if left unfettered, and you know I'm talking about, will continue to ransack your life and will give, an en- give the enemy an opportunity to ruin the future that God has given you. And that future is good. That future is full of freedom. That future is full of blessing. And no, I don't mean money and riches. No, no, no. I mean you can walk in freedom. You can get up in the morning and say, I don't have to deal with that anymore. It's behind me. It's in the past. You might be here today and say, you don't know what happened to me. And you are right. I don't. You might say, well, God, he was there. What happened? Why? What, what, what's going on? Well, the truth is, is that God gave us a world in which we have the opportunity to choose right from wrong. And there are those who've chosen wrong. And you might be the recipient of that this morning. And my challenge to you this morning is this, is change your view. And if if that's you today, you say, I don't know how I could ever do this. Would you start at the foot of the cross? These are here this morning to pray with you, but we're going to give you a chance today just to respond and just allow God to minister. You can come forward if you want. You can stay in your spot, whichever today. But today you might need to do this this morning. You might need to forgive that person, forgive that situation. Maybe it's yourself. It's God. 
We're going to pray. Dear Jesus, this is a difficult subject because, Lord, we all can relate to this. We know how tough this is. We know, God, you've given us very clear directives in your word. This was not given, Lord, to make our lives hard or make, our, make us feel condemned, to make us feel like, oh, it's one more thing I can't do, one more area I can't make it in. Is I can't forgive you. Sure, I can't do that either. So I'm, I'm, I, I've fallen. I'm a, I'm a mess. I can't do it. Jesus, I pray this morning that you would help us to understand the goodness and the blessing and the gift of forgiveness. And we come first to you, and we ask you to walk, help us to walk in that. And get up from the foot of your cross to go out and do our lives, to do our thing. That God, you give us the power to walk like this. Jesus, would you do that in lives and hearts today? Pray this in your name. 